Okay, the path the parish is Noach. The parish is Noach. Everybody loves Noach because it's it's a re, it's a kind of refreshing after Breshit. Because Breshit, you know, you're just so happy that they finished it and you can go on to the next parish because no one understands anything. Noach is already, you know, good guys, bad guys. You know, you sort of get into the spirit with with Noach. So the first posseg in the parish of Noach is the second posseg on the sheet. And that posseg says, Eile toldot Noach. Noach ish tzadik tamim hayabidorotav eta elokim hithalech Noach. Now that, one would think, is the most obvious pasuk in the entire Torah. And what that pasuk says, even to people who are not so well versed in Hebrew. That Pesach says that Noah was a great person. That's what it says. Now, you could further, you could discuss it further, try out what Sadiq means and what Tav means and what Tamim means. But all of those words are words that we know. And they're all positive. They're all positive. That is to say, until we learn Rashi. We learn Rashi. You see on the page, there's Rashi. You see that? Underneath the Pasuk is Rashi. Since the Torah mentions Noah, those Rashi is sort of saying it's sort of kind of irrelevant to the story. Or whether he's a tzaddik and tamim and bedorotav. I mean, what difference does it make? He's Noach. And God is going to tell Noach to build a teva. So that should be sufficient. But Rashi says there's a kind of a rule that the Torah is following. And that rule is, ho'il v'izkiro, siper b'shvacho. Since he mentions Noach, he mentioned Noach by name, siper b'shvacho, which means that when you talk about somebody, you should say, uh, you know, all the good things that he did, if there are good things to say about him. That if you mention the good things about a tzaddik, that produces bracha, it's a good thing, it's a positive thing, etc. Now, without going into the question of why Rashi sometimes says, you know, like... Uh, like if he explained it, he explained it. If he didn't explain it, he shouldn't have said it. But okay, Davar Acher is a topic in Rashi, which we're not going to get into now. In other words, how do you remember the righteous? You remember the righteous by the acts that they did in their lives. Whereas... Other people might be remembered by their offspring, by their descendants, but Sadikim are, mentioned, are remembered by the good things that they did. <coughs> okay, they told Otav. Told Otav. Bidor Otav. Slicha. Yesh me rovotenu doshim otali shvach. Dorotav. Right, Dorotav means in his generation. Yesh me rovotenu some of the rabbis, Rabbeinu for Rashi means anybody in the Gemara. Anybody in the Gemara, in the Medrash, all of those people are Rabbeinu. Some people say, there's a Shevach, there's praiseworthy here. 
was being a tzaddik is not easy. Not an easy undertaking. So if uh, there are no tzaddikim around, as was the case in the time of uh, Noah, it's not easy to be a tzaddik. Not easy to be a tzaddik. So he says, I had tzaddik yoter. But if he was, he lived in a generation of tzaddikim, he would be a greater tzaddik. All right. tzaddik. He was a tzaddik in his generation. So Rashi has written, has rewritten the parsha of uh, of Noah. Now Rashi is referring to a machloket between Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish that exists in the Gemara and Sanhedrin and elsewhere. Machloket Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish. You know Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish. Rabbi Yochanan's Reish Lakish's father-in-law, and in the way of fathers-in-law and sons-in-law, they always disagreed. Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lokish, they always disagree. The Gemara says, Rabbi Yochanan says this, and Reish Lokish says that. Rashi changes that to make it anonymous. And I think that the reason that Rashi made it anonymous was that as long as there are names, you think you're learning Gemara, right? So when you're learning Gemara, and somebody says it's Tahor, and somebody says it's Tameh, Somebody says it's kasher. Somebody says it's pasul. So you think I'm going to figure it out? I mean, there's an answer to the question. Is it tamay? Is it ta'or? But when you say, when you say that there's a machloket in non-halachic questions, and you say, Yeshmi rabotenu omrim this, and Yeshmi rabotenu omrim that, so what Rashi is telling us is, you can't resolve. It's not a question that can be resolved. But it's always there. In some ways, Noah was righteous. But in other ways, he apparently was not. And that created for us forever the personality of Noah. I don't know exactly what we're talking about. I don't know what Noah did wrong. We'll, we'll try to find out. But Rashi changed, I mean, it took Chazal, then Rashi. And you see, Chazal and Rashi together, they changed Noah from being a good guy to being, I don't know if he's a good guy. Maybe he's not a good guy. Okay, here's a, no, take the sheet though. The envelope you could also take do you understand you understand that when I read the Pasuk it sounds to me like Noah was righteous when I read Rashi I end up with this doubt I say I don't know anything about Noah maybe he was a good person maybe he was a bad person he was a good person he wasn't so good and if he was a bad person then you know so like like there's some sort of intention here interpretive intention. Rashi doesn't want me to go back to lunch with the impression that that Noah was some kind of impeccably righteous person. 
He wants to deny me that pleasure. Even though Rashi himself says that the Pesach is based on the principle of Zecher Tzadikim Livrocha. Which sounds like it means if you could say something good about somebody, so you say something good about him. Rashi says, no. When it comes to Noah, it's imaginary. We said something good about him, but we didn't mean it. But we didn't mean it. He, you could call him good, but not like really good people. You know, not like Avram Avinu. Not like Avram Avinu. So you see that Rashi, Rashi had something to say, which was very remarkable. Now, the Pasuk that precedes the first Pasuk in our parasha is also on the sheet. You see Pasuk Chet, the Pasuk before, that Noach Matzah Chein Be'inei Hashem. Noach Matzah Chein Be'inei Hashem. I was always annoyed at Rashi for not saying anything. Rashi doesn't explain what Chein is. Chein. I mean, it's a simple word. It's a word that people use all the time. But what does it mean? How can you say, Noach Matzachem, and then say, Noach was not righteous. I understand, Noach Matzachem, and Noach is righteous. But the Rashi won't let me go down that path. Now, what does the Ramban say? You see the Ramban is printed on the page? The Tam, he explains that Pasuk. Tam, Noach Matzachem Bnei Hashem Shayu Kol Maasav Lefanav Naimu Neimim. So he translates the word Chayin by Naimu Neimim. What is Naim? What's what is it that I know about Naim and Neimim? Not much. It was the more a word is used, the less or the more difficult it is for me to be precise about it. If I find a, a ten-letter word that I can use in Scrabble, I'll usually know exactly what it means. But I have a word like na'eh, na'im, nice, pleasant, uh, uh, accommodating. I mean, who knows what the, what the what is what is it we're talking about? What is it we're talking about? So that's what the Ramban did, an imprecise translation of chayn. The chayn, he says, the chayn. The chayn means... I'll give you another example of the use of the word chayn. Bechi matzati chayn be'eina matzata chayn be'einai ve'idacha b'ashem. Okay? Matzata chayn. Who's matzata chayn? Moshe Rabbeinu. Kederech v'ayitain chino ve'einai sar be'itasar. Yosef ha'tzadik. V'atiyah ester noset chayn be'einai koro eha. So it sounds like Noach is in very good company. Noach Matzachin. Who else? Moshe Rabbeinu, Yosef Atzadik, Esther Malko. Those are, that's a, like a good group to be with. That's a good group to be with. So, but I, I don't know what the Chain means that he was a Tzadik. These other people, Moshe Rabbeinu was a Tzadik, Yosef, Yosef Atzadik was a Tzadik. <coughs> Esther, I guess, was a Tzadik. I mean, how could you save the Jewish people and not be a Tzadik? So, that's what the Ramban says. V'iskir zeke neged masha amru b'doro sh'ayu kol ma'asehem l'itzavon l'fnei l'fanav yibbarach as opposed to everybody else. Chein, noach. Itzavon, sadness, unpleasantness. Everybody else. Everybody else in the world. 
ואמר בו שהיה לכן בעיניו. ואחר כן סיפר מדוע היה טוב לפני האלוקים, כי היה צדיק תמים. So you see that the Ramban seems to disagree with Rashi, right? It was Rashi, Ramban says, Chain equals Tzadik Tamim, which means that he was truly a righteous person like Moshe and Yosef and Esther. Rashi says, okay, Bedorotav, Bedorotav. He wasn't a real Tzadik. He wasn't a super tzaddik. So you have a machloket between the Ramban and Rashi. The machloket between the Ramban and Rashi is do I take the pasuk seriously or not? Do I accept that the pasuk is talking about a special person? Or not? Maybe I don't. That's what, that's what the machloket is. According to the Ramban, Noah was a special person Chain equals Tamim. According to Rashi, Chain, he doesn't explain. I guess Rashi feels it's a kind of a neutral word. It's not such a, such a serious, uh, such a serious thing. Chain. <coughs> and then he completely disrupts our reading of the text by taking the word Bidorotav and giving it not even a relativistic kind of interpretation, but downgrading the notion of tzaddik. Well, usually we would think when the Torah says somebody said tzaddik, it's an open-ended kind of statement. Tzaddik. According to Rashi, there's something else here called tzaddik bidorotav. And tzaddik bidorotav means that Noach is suddenly a confusing personality. So we've learned two psukim. We've learned two psukim about Noah. One is, Noah matzah Hashem. We don't understand exactly what chayin means, but it sounds positive. And the other pasuk is, Eilat toldot Noah, Noah yitzadik tamim haya bedorotav. And we haven't even got to etelokim italech Noah. Right? Etelokim italech sounds good, doesn't it? I mean, like, who could say that about himself? I mean, you could follow the halacha, you could follow the mitzvot, you could do what you have to do, but et elokim, assuming that the word et is the same as the word im in Hebrew, which Rashi says many times, and which we might as well accept for this purpose. Let's look at the Rashi. Et elokim et halech noach, ba'avraham u'omer, hitalech lefanai, asher hitalachti lefanaf. Noach hayatzich sa'ad v'tobcho, when Noach went, he needed someone to support him. Again, this kind of comparison to Avram Avinu. I mean, what did Noach do? Why should he be compared to Avram Avinu? He was a tzaddik. Rashi says, not such a big deal. Doesn't mean that Noach followed God. It meant that God supported Noach. That Noach was not uh, certain about what he should do and how quickly he should listen and what was going to be. And so God supported him. It's almost an accusation. He didn't go to build the Teva on his own. You know, Chazal say that he built the Teva and he didn't spend time trying to get people to come. 
He didn't, uh, he, he didn't, uh, uh, encourage people to do tshuva. There's all kinds of ta'anot against the Noach. And of course, the, the, the ultimate question is, how come Avram Avinu won and Noach lost? You know Noach lost? Because every time we daven, we say, Eloke Avram, Eloke Yitzchak, Eloke Yaakov. But we do not say, Eloke Noach, which would not be a lie. If we would say, Noach is out, you know, our ancestry goes back to Avram Avinu without a doubt. However you explain that. The Maharal goes into great lengths <coughs> trying to explain that, but our ancestry goes back to Avram Avinu. And what Rashi is explaining to us, I think, is why that's true. That the Tzidkut of Noach was not sufficiently great. The Et Elohim Noach was not sufficiently creative. Noach was in the end, even though he was rightfully called a tzaddik, he was a dependent, he was a person who was dependent on God appearing to him and telling him what to do. Whereas somehow Avram Avinu was perceived as a person who invented the world in which he lived. A world which was dominated by and run by the Rebbeinu Shalom. That's Avram Avinu. And that's what Rashi is trying to... That's the question that Rashi is trying to answer. That Rashi as a teacher... Rashi is a teacher. I mean, he's after all... He took. A, he could have left the Pasuk alone just like he left out his comment on Noach Mozachain. He could have left out the comment on this Pasuk. But Rashi is answering that question. Why is it that Noah is not part of our heritage? And, uh, and Avram Avinu is the beginning of all things. What's the difference between that? He thinks it's important that we should know, especially because you know that later on, this is not our topic, but you know that later on, after Noah gets out of the Teva, with his children, his grandchildren, the animals, and all that, you know, all that business. HaKadosh <coughs> Baruch tells Noah that there's a mitzvah that he has to do. And that mitzvah is Pru-Urvu. Now that's interesting. <laughs> that is interesting. Because, as you know, the mitzvah of Pru-Urvu pre-existed Noach. In fact, if you looked in the Shulchan Aruch, in Ebenezer, it starts out the mitzvah of Pru-Urvu, it's clear that that mitzvah was given to man at the time of Adam HaRishon, at the time of first man. And yet, the Torah emphasizes the fact that Noah was Adam HaRishon, take two. In other words, the world was destroyed. It was entirely destroyed. Because the Mabul, the flood, is the erasure of distinctions. And creation was 
the making of distinctions. For example, God, the word that's used in the Torah, in Bereshit, is Vayavdev. God made a distinction, a separation. He made a distinction between the land <coughs> and the water. That's creation. Between the day and the night, that's creation. What's the flood? What's the flood? The flood is Tohu Vavohu. What is Tohu Vavohu? What is Tohu Vavohu? Lack of distinction. So that the world, except for Noah himself, was kind of went back into a state that precedes creation. So that Noah, if he came out of the state of Tovavo into the state of distinctions, as the water receded, suddenly there was a tree, and there was a mountain, and then there was earth, and I guess there were a couple of puddles of water here and there. So Noah was the first person in the recreated world after after the flood. And so HaKadosh Baruch said to Noach, you are Adam Arisha. There's a mitzvah. Pru Urvu. It's true that the mitzvah was already given to Adam Arisha, but I want to make sure that you, under, that you may interpret <coughs> your own position as being different from Adam Arisha. The Rishon was created. And you, after all, are a continuation, but no, you too are a kind of new creation, and therefore you get the mitzvah so that Noah, Noah is not just a guy who built an ark, according to the story in the Torah. He's not just the, the default art build, ark builder. Like a God looked around and said, okay, we'll take Noah. I mean, he's no big deal, but that's all we've got. But Noah actually was the reincarnation, I'm using that word poorly, the reincarnation of Adam Harishon. So, so it's clear that he was a man of significance, importance even. You know, something, something special, and yet Rashi, teaching us the Torah, says to us, don't get too carried away with Noah. It's not what you think. Noah is not such a great man. He could be called righteous, but not like Avram Avinu. Not like Avram Avinu who walked with God. Whereas Noah was supported by God. One more pasuk. <coughs> Maybe two more pasukim. The pasuk is in Bereshit, Perakei Pasuk Kavtet. You see the pasuk? Vayikrat Shimon Noach. Noach was born, and he got a name, Lamar. And suddenly the Torah is telling me why Noach received his name. And the answer is, The words, Okay, Nechama. Uh, uh, we will be consoled. He will, he's responsible for consolation. I mean, we're not talking about the ark. What, what we're talking about. Consolation, mima'asenu. From the, all the difficulty that we have when we do things. 
Umi itzvonya deinu. Itzvonya deinu. As a word that uh, itzavon is, is sadness, but not just sadness. It means pain, the sadness that comes from travail, real unhappiness. Min ha'adama asher Hashem. So this is like, sounds like a, like a non-sequitur. Sadness, what we do with our hands, the sadness, adama, the earth which was cursed by God. So, let's see what Rashi says. I mean, you know, the Rashi is too good to spend time trying to figure it out on our, on our own. Noach, I'm sorry, Yinach Mimenu Etitzavon Yadeinu. Noach is able somehow to give us respite Mimasei Yadeinu from the travail of our hands. Achelob Noach Lo hayalem klei macharesha. Right, the, the, uh, the Bedger says that people had webbed hands. You know, I, I think maybe today you could find anthropologists who say that also. About, you know, like monkeys? Webbed hands? You ever see a monkey? No? No. I can't advise it, but. Usually people see monkeys when they're ten, you know, like. The what? Yeah, us, all the people in the world. Noah will be able to bring some kind of solace to all the people in the world. Until Noah came into the world, they didn't have iron tools with which to plow, right? So if you can't plow, you have to bend down to, to make a furrow, to plant a tomato. It's a lot of hard work. Once you get a plow, you can attach a ox and pull it along, and you make a furrow, and you stick in the tomatoes. It's a lot easier. <coughs> That's what Noach did. That's what Noach did. Vaita ha'aretz motzi'ah kotzim v'dardarim kishizorim chitim. And as, that's the curse. The curse is that when they planted wheat, they got brambles. They got what they didn't want. They couldn't eat. They couldn't turn it into food because they couldn't clean up the area. They didn't, so that the curse, according to Rashi, of Eretz Bavurecho, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu said to other Marishon, the curse is that they're just not prepared. They're not ready to do that kind of work and they have to do it. So they're going to fail. It's not like Min HaShamayim they're going to fail. And along came Noach and Noach said, here is the way to overcome the curse. Because Noach 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 like the curse disappeared at the time of of Noach. If you don't understand the passage in this way, so you have to explain it that way. According to Rashi, it's a grammatical point, but <coughs> we're less interested right now in the grammatical point than in the ideological point. According to Rashi. 
according to Rashi, before the flood, uh, before Noah saved the world by simply riding out the flood in his ark, Noah was going to save the world by making kalim, kalim tools, implements, that would enable the people to do agriculture more successfully. This is certainly an interesting idea, you know, like like scientists that talk about the Iron Age and tools. That they look at tools like the way they they date, <coughs> the way they date the world. One of the ways that they date the world is through tools, right? At the beginning, they had simpler tools and then more complicated tools and iron tools. And, and here comes comes uh, uh, Noah, and he's in charge. He's in charge. He's in charge beforehand. So even though he's not a tzaddik, according to Rashi, he's like Steve Jobs. Like he changed, that's what they say. Isn't that what they say about Steve Jobs? He changed the way we do things. Right before Steve Jobs, I never bought anything that was made by Apple. After Steve Jobs, you buy things made by Apple. I don't know if that's called changing the way the world is. But let's say, let's not get into that. But, but, but here's Noah. He changed the way the world was. And so you would think that that could also be a good reason for choosing Noah to save the world and the flood. But Rashi doesn't say that. Rashi does not say that. <coughs> One more possible about Noah. We'll leave out the Rashbam for the moment. Noach ben that Yafet, you see that? Noach was five, this is what the Pesach says, Noach was 500 years old, uh, and he had three sons, Shem, Cham, and Yafet. What did he do before he was 500 years old? The question is, of course, is that everybody else had children at a much younger age. Why, does, why did Noach have children when he was 500 years old? Question. Rashi says, Oh, have you done? You see, all the good questions are ready in Chazal. How come everybody else in these ten generations had children when they were about at the age of 100? And Noach didn't have children until he was 500. How come? <coughs> uh, one second. So if they would be born when he was only a hundred, then the Mabul would come and the children would be four hundred. Right? They'd be four hundred years old. So four hundred years old, they have a personality. Everybody knows who they are. So he says, Im Rishaimim so he had bad children, so his children would die in the flood. And that would be a sadness. That would bring sadness onto the, this righteous person. Here Rashi says the tzaddik said. He doesn't, you know, like he's a tzaddik, but we know that maybe he's not a complete tzaddik. But Rashi here doesn't mention that. So if they are righteous, then you're going to have to have votes for all the righteous people. And that would be a tircha. 
כבש את מעיינו ולא הוליד עד שהיה בן חמש מאות שנה, כדי שלא יהיה יפת הגדול שבבניו, ראוי לעונשין לפני המבול דכתיב כי הנער בן מאה שנה וימות, וראוי לעונש לעתיד, וכן לפני מתן תורה. אוקיי. אוקיי? So in other words, it's incomprehensible. This is what Rashi says. Why did Noach have, have children when he was 500 years old? There was a great chesed that HaKadosh Baruch Hu brought to Noach, because if he had children when they were young, they would be 400 years old, and they'd either be righteous or they'd be wicked. In either case, that would be bad for Noach. So, <coughs> so God ensured that he would not have, they would not have children, but that's because of, as Rashi says, about the righteousness. About the righteous Noah. So we have Noah presented to us in a kind of variety of ways. Right on the one hand, on the one hand, Zeyinach Amenu, Noah Motzachain. We know about Noah, we know about Noah, uh, uh, who, who received the first mitzvah of Puravu. We know that, uh, that Noah didn't have children until he was 500 years as a, acts of grace from HaKadosh Baruch Hu to Noah. So, things are not perfectly clear. Things are not perfectly clear. Since we are students of Rashi, though, we understand that Rashi doesn't want us to think too highly of Noah. Highly, but not too highly. And that the real change in the way the world would be, would look upon God, came with Avram Avinu. Came with Avram Avinu until Avram Avinu... <coughs> okay, turn the page over. I mean, turn over the page. The Tveret Shlomo, Tveret Shlomo is Redomsk. Right, Redomsk? Uh, I think his name was Rabinovich, it doesn't matter. It sounded like his father was a Talmud of Chosem in Lublin, and he, he became a Rebbe in Redomsk. Redomsk has basically uh, disappeared as a result of <coughs> wars and, uh, you know, World War One, World War Two. Even though there is in in Yerushalayim or B'nai Brak, a young man who's a friend of one of my sons-in-law, who is the inheritor of the mantle. I don't know if he does anything too Rebbe-ish other than wearing a shiny coat, but uh, but it still exists. The name Redomsk. So the Redomsk. Where? What? Oh, it's a family. No, his name was Rabinowitz. His family name was Rabinowitz. So anyway, he left. He left wonderful Divrei Torah in um, a book, a book called the Tiferet Shlomo. One volume is on the Parshiot, and another volume is on the Moadim. Uh, all the ones that I. Uh, quote are great. The ones I don't quote, I don't know about. <coughs> oh, look here what it says. Pirish Rashi, Yesh mi Rabbeinu Shudoshim atol l'shvach v'chulei, v'yesh Shudoshim atol l'gnai, ira yabidoresh al-Avraham, l'oyad nechshav l'klum. Now, that's what Rashi says. The Redomsker, the Redomsker doesn't understand, in spite of Rashi, he doesn't understand what Rashi means. Why? He says, 
V'chini tan midalet tzadikim, kama yiyeh, he doesn't get it. Either a dumbskirt doesn't get it. He said, you call Chavir a tzadik, he's a tzadik. What, there's an agency that measures tzadikim against each other? I says, this is an A-plus tzaddik, and this is an A-tzaddik, and who, who does it think? That's the Radomska's problem. So we figured, if Rashi says it, it's Poshet. Right? Rashi says, he's a bigger tzaddik than him. Oh, great. I mean, can you imagine the Chofetz Chaim saying, oh, he's a greater tzaddik than the other guy. I can't. I can't. Uh, tzaddikim don't talk that way. They don't say things like that. So Rashi came along and said that Noah was a tzaddik, but not a really great tzaddik. The Radomsker says, how, how do you measure such a thing? How can you say a person is a tzaddik, but not a hundred percent? Achinei zem ma'alat tzaddikim Hashem olam. He says, I want to tell you something about tzaddikim and how it always is with the tzaddikim. Ki im kol ha-mitzvot ha-masim tovim shosim Here's the tricky part. A real tzaddik, a real tzaddik, one aspect of his tzidkut, one aspect of his tzidkut is he doesn't see himself as really being worthy, as really having accomplished, you know, very, very much. And there, in that place, exactly in that place, where where you see his righteousness, you also see his humility. Means, I'm talking to God. I'm talking to God about Sodom. I'm talking to God about righteousness and about justice. So you think, you know, I'm an important person. So no. Anochi Afar so the Redomsker has distinguished for us between Noach and Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu said, Anochi Afar Va'ether. Noach never said any such thing. You can't even imagine. Abraham Rabbeinu says, I spoke, mouth, my mouth was speaking to God's mouth, so to speak. So it's a way, I mean, in order to be a righteous tzaddik, according to the, the, the Tiberit Shlomo, you have to be able to recognize your place. You have to always be able to recognize your, who you are. And even though any relationship with God tends to be uh, denial of humility. I'm, I'm with God. I'm walking with God. I'm talking with God. I mean, this is something that would kind of make me, impress me about myself. Abram Avinu taught us, Anochi Afarva Eva. Afarva Eva means you have to maintain <coughs> a clarity 
about who you are. And who am I? Also when he sacrificed Yitzchak, this is how he wants to explain it. Right? That Kechol is a separate phrase and it means that they themselves were thinking about themselves. Einam chashuvim meklum. They are nothing at all. They are nothing at all. So, of course, you know that that uh, humility is an interesting quality. The same kind of event will generate in some people a total lack of humility, and in other people, great humility. The thing that creates humility, that should create humility, that might create humility, is confrontation with a Kodesh Boch. So you can either say, wow, I'm the greatest. I was chosen to be a prophet. I was chosen to have intimacy with HaKadosh Baruch Or I could say, I could say, I understand. Now that I'm comparing myself to HaKadosh Baruch I'm just nothing. I'm nothing at all. So there's no clear way to understand how to react. But a tzaddik, according to the Ver Shlomo, a tzaddik re- reacts in that way. So you know, that when the Torah says in last week's parasha, Nasa Adam I've said it many times, I'll say it again. Because finally I remember it. Nasa Adam plural, right? That's what the Pasuk says. We will make a man in our image, God speaking. Rashi, Anvitanuto Shalakurishbohu He. This is the humility of God, that God called together the, the uh, heavenly court and said, let us make a man with the heavenly court. And they, I guess they agreed. <coughs> so I always said, what do you mean, you can't say a Kodesh who has humility. So the answer I feel is that God created humility for us. In other words, how is man slash woman going to overcome the limitation of existence and somehow place themselves before God? Humility. And that's why Moshe Rabbeinu, who was the greatest man of all time and the closest to God, Right? God spoke to Moshe Pe'el Pe'. Pe'el Pe. The Torah says of Moshe Rabbeinu that he was the most humble of people. And what does humility mean? Why was he humble? Because he faced God. You see, if you face, you go to shul and you're facing a, like some jerk and sitting in, the, in front of you who talks all the time. So that doesn't make you humble. Quite the contrary, it might make you a little arrogant. Those arrogance is something that comes because you think you're better than. That's what arrogance is. You think you're better than somebody else. But if you stand before God, it's hard to be arrogant. Difficult. And that's why when Moshe Rabbeinu, when Avram Avinu was arguing with God about Sodom, 
50 or 40. It's like, it looked like arrogance. So the Radomska said, Moshe Rabbeinu said, Avinu said, Anochi Afar Va'efer. That's what he said. Now we'll continue a little bit in this Teferet Shlomer. Okay, the other pichain. Here I'm on line nine. Other pichain, you be a nai at smam kehol, ayam, enam chashuvim beklum, vechain abrulocha hamav la haman. Keshehayu, keshehain olim, adorakia, or keshehain yodim, yodim, adorakia. So the Gemara says, the Gemara said that they uh, were talking about you, they kill all the Jews. Right, so the the uh, the associates of Haman, it's a Gemara in Megillah. The associate Haman said, "Kishem olim, olim adurakiyok shem yodim yodim ad lafar." In other words, that means you can get them. You have to just wait for the right time. That's why he peeled poor for goral. He knew, he knew that somehow there was a right time to get that the Jews who were in Shushan. So he peeled Gorala in order to find out what the right time was because it's, all the people who knew the situation said, sometimes you can't get them, sometimes you can't get them, right? That's what he said. Listen to what he says. That's what they really said. He said, Kishay, you see the quote from the Gemara? Kishayin olim adlerakia. Says the, oh, thought it was for me. No, not for me. He says, he says, Kishayim yodim yodim perusho botasha ashehain bemalayil yona eina machzikim toval atzmam rakeid manavayitera adafar. Uvemet akoach azeh balanu machmat avram avinu kemoshe katuv beposuk yishayahu etc. So the way he explains it is that there is you can distinguish righteous from righteous. You can distinguish avram avinu from noach. And the way that we're going to distinguish Avram Avinu from Noach is by, by, by noting the fact that Avram Avinu was careful to express his humility in the face of God. Very careful about that. And Noach never did that. Even though Noach did great things, he produced the tools, he alleviated the burden that Am Yisrael had trying to do agriculture, he followed the directives that God gave him, basically, to build the the ark. And he lived in that ark for the period of the flood (coughs) till the water subsided. He started the world over again. Certainly a difficult enterprise, but he never expressed his humility in the face of God. So when uh, means that the relationship between Noach and God was that God supported Noach. But Avram Avinu, Avram Avinu walked with God because of his innate humility, which I think comes from that Posuk in Bereshit, 
Nasa Adam Mitzalmenu Chidmukenu. And that's why Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu is given this tremendous accolade, which is Anav Mikol Adam. The most, the most humble of men. The most humble of men. Why was Moshe Rabbeinu the most humble of men? Because to him, the presence of God was always. He was always standing in the presence of God. Somebody always standing in the presence of God. It's very hard for him to get too excited about other things. Moshe Rabbeinu is not going to get excited about who's going to be honored at the dinner and who gets a good seat in shul and, and who's the chairman of the uh, committee. I mean, he's not going to be too excited about any of that because he is busy. And that busy is expressed by Moshe Rabbeinu <coughs> as humility. So it was important for Rashi. It was important for Rashi to teach us. We start learning the parsha very clearly that Noach is not one of the Avot. He's not one of the forefathers. Even though he is Adam Harishon number two, he is still not one of the Avot. And the reason that he's not one of the Avot, according to the Torah Shlomo, was because he never expressed humility in the face of the directives or the direct speech of a Kodesh Baruch Hu. What? What do you mean? Because he wasn't as great as them, he couldn't. Ah, uh, okay. We say, uh, you know, whatever. But uh, uh, in any way, it turns out that Avram Avinu. I mean, like, like we know, like we're coming to Lech Lecha. Lech Lecha is the beginning of everything. Lech Lecha is the beginning of everything because even though Bresh is the creation of the world, and Noach is the recreation of the world, <coughs> the beginning of everything that we know of that's important for us is in the parsha of Lech Lecha. And Avraham Avinu is distinguished. He says, Anochi Afarva Efer, and, and the Pasuk by Kedat Yitzchak, we understand, we understand. So now, in retrospect, when you look at the Pasuk, Venoch Matzachain, Chain is not, uh, uh, it's a good word, but it, it's not, it's not clear. Matzachain, but it's not like Anava, it's not humility. It's, he did good things, but not good enough to be the father of Am Yisrael. Have a good Shabbos.